the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Joining me now from the IB Times, International Business Times. You can find it online at ibtimes.com is Cole Stangler. Cole, how are you? Good, good. Thanks so much for having me. Tell me a little bit about your background as a staff writer at IB Times. Uh, so I cover labor in the workplace, covering issues related to, to labor unions and um, and workers uh, who are also not represented by labor unions, like, like most of the country, um, issues affecting them. As you may know, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. Labor is a very um, sticky area to play around with as far as media mm-hmm. coverage goes. Um, some people want sure. minimum wage at 20 bucks. Some people want it at $2. So uh, just keep that in mind that uh, there's a lot of opposing opinions out here, probably different than a large part of the nation. You've recently... Well, I think, I think there's, a lot of, there's probably um, a lot of that, I think, elsewhere as well. So I don't think you're alone in that respect. Yeah, before we even get into your new article on youth minimum wage, um, I want to go back to as a kid. I I I worked at McDonald's. People that I know did do minimum wage jobs, and it wasn't a really a livable wage kind of argument world that we were in. Mm-hmm. Was I kind of in just my golden years of youth? Was it? Was I? Am I wrong in remembering that scooping ice cream was okay to make horrible pay and not look for? A livable wage. When did the livable wage issue become more serious well, I, for adults than it did for teenagers? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know how long ago you were working um, at McDonald's. I know at least when I when I worked there when I was in high school, um, just a, actually not not too long ago, probably about seven years ago. Okay. Um, there, it wasn't just high school kids like myself looking to make extra money during the summer. There were, you know, there was an older woman I remember who was in her fifties, not sixties. You had people in their 30s, um, and so I think that that kind of broad um, shift is a result of of kind of more structural changes in the American labor market, where we saw manufacturing jobs um, gradually go overseas, um, struggle to compete, disappear, and we've had just kind of a, a, a gradual shift towards more and more service sector jobs, and that was exacerbated um, by the the recession and the really sluggish recovery. So I think we're seeing it more and more, um, but it's, it's a transition that, that's, that's taken place over the last couple of decades. Um, and, you know, you do still have, it's a, you do still have younger people that, that, that find these jobs. There was a, I don't know if you saw the James Franco, the actor actually had a piece about this in Washington Post talking about how his, um, you know, he had his first job at McDonald's and it was sort of this nostalgic romanticized view. But anyhow, you do have people like that that are still, Young people getting getting those jobs at McDonald's, but you also have people that that are 
trying to support families um, making these wages. And so it, it's, 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 it certainly isn't just um, high school kids or, or younger people looking to make some extra spending money. And I promise we're going to get to your new article in a second, but I get frustrated because I'm not conservative, I'm not liberal, I just, I'm not really political in any way, shape, uh-huh. or form, but I do look at the McDonald's franchisee, and I think it's unrealistic to say that they should be paying a livable wage to someone who's 50 because they're selling stuff that costs a dollar. Um, the mathematics just don't really go there, and a lot of people, you know, McDonald's makes billions, but McDonald's franchisees don't make billions. Right. I mean, this is this is a, a this is certainly an argument that that people on that side will make. Um, I think that people who who want McDonald's to raise the wage will say that actually McDonald's does um, have some amount of authority more than they more than they 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 let off um, over their franchisees. Um, and you, you're, I think there's there's a number of ways you you can see that in in the way they set business practices across the board, um, in the way that they kind of issue guidelines and 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 exert exert broad control over these over these existing franchisees. So you know it's it's certainly a debate. And the other issue I think people um, people ought to raise and people and some people have been raising is the fact that you know McDonald's does actually make a <laughs> does turn a quite a bit of profit on billions of dollars and they're they're you know, actually spending billions of dollars on stock buyback programs right now, benefiting shareholders, which is essentially them them buying back McDonald's stock, raising the price, shareholders win, um, and that they're spending billions of dollars on that. But that's not going to franchisees to to boost wages. That's something that, in theory, um, you know, you could have a, a a deeper debate about that. But that's something that that doesn't seem that um, extraordinary of an ask. I think if you're if you're somebody who wants to see the wage increase at McDonald's. Your new article, Youth Minimum Wage, Nebraska Considers Lowering sure. Minimum Pay Rate for Young Workers, I think it plays into that, though, too. Like, um, minimum mm-hmm. wage in Nebraska should be different than California because cost of living is different, and also mm-hmm. the amount of jobs that are different, and the income of the average person is different. Um, it's kind of it, – anyway, let's talk about lowering of minimum yeah. wage. How does that get across to the populace? I mean, I think I think it actually plays into to what you were talking about just just earlier about um, the motivation for this comes from a legislator uh, in rural Nebraska, which is actually mo- most of the state, but from a very rural part of a rural state. And she says that uh, local businesses, independent grocers, hardware stores, say that they really are going to struggle to comply with the new minimum wage mandate that voters passed last November. Eight dollars now; it's going to be nine dollars next year 2016 and they say that when they have to pay that nine dollars wage uh they're gonna have to to lay off and and cut hours for um a lot of their staff for some of their staff not close business but they're gonna have to cut hours um, or lay people off and a lot of those stores according to her according to the the managers um they rely on on young kind of part-time people who might be in high school who don't see this as a permanent gig, but it's something they do on the side to make some extra money to get some experience. And so the idea is, okay, let's have a separate tier for for this category. And 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 the bill, Laura Ebke, the legislator, the senator, is proposing, kind of creates a new category for people who are under 18, don't have high school diplomas, and do not have child dependents. May be exempt from that broader $9 wage I was talking about. And this is they'd have an $8 wage right. essentially. So that's that's kind of the motivation. And again, the idea is, you know, 
the the new minimum wage is, is going to be negatively impacting people who who just want to get some experience and also going to be impacting these businesses. So that, that that's sort of the motivation for it. And then the twist out of this will be that there will be some discrimination. I'd rather have a younger employer employee than an older employee because of costs, kind of like there is right now in our workplace tied towards health care. An older employee hits your health care a lot harder than a younger employee does. Right. That's, I mean, that's, that's definitely one aspect of it um, is that if you're an employer and let's say you're, you're, you're an employer, obviously it's going to be better for you to hire the, the cheaper worker. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Um, and the other aspect of it is, you know, there, while this, the motivation comes from this rural part of the state, you know, Nebraska, like a lot of, like most of the country, like the country, has seen increasing income inequality, and that's concentrated in urban areas. So you have Lincoln and Omaha, which are more urban, more working class, and you have people that, who are actually 18 years old, 17 years old in high school, who are working jobs not just because they, you know, want money to, to go extra spending money um, for fun, uh, but it's because they actually are, are, are helping to support, they're not the primary earners, but they're helping support their families um, and, and, that's, and that's what people say there, um, and, and opponents of this bill. And so they're being hurt from this as well. Um, and again, you know, there's, 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 there's also the question of um, the, the critique that, that essentially this proposal is violating voters' will. I mean, this is something that Nebraska voters passed last November by referendum. This wasn't the legislature that decided to increase the minimum wage. This was, this was a, a statewide referendum in a pretty conservative state that passed by a really large margin, actually, um, when you consider that. It's about 60% to 40% voted in favor of increasing the minimum wage. So critics will say, well, now you have legislators going in and essentially toying with, with public will. I mean, the, the voters didn't just say they wanted a, a special wage for, for young workers. They said they wanted a wage for, for everybody to be higher. Starting to wrap up, where do you think this wage battle goes in the United States from the reporting you've been doing? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I think that, like we just saw with, with Governor Cuomo setting up a special wage board to increase the minimum wage in New York uh, for fast food workers, I think that shows uh, how much this, this organizing campaign to organize fast food workers and to protest is actually having real results. And that's something that people didn't really know what would happen a few years ago when this started, three years ago, um, these fast food worker walkouts, low-wage worker walkouts. Um, and I think that that's putting a lot of pressure on, on political figures to, to do something about this. And so I think, um, I think they're actually being, they're, they're, they're having some success. And so we'll see, we'll see where that goes. But at the same time, also, you have Republicans opposed to this, um, and you have conservatives that are, that are tinkering um, with these laws, like we're seeing in Nebraska, South Dakota also had a, had a similar wage rollback as well for young workers. South Dakota's passed. Nebraska's still up for debate. Um, so we're seeing, we're seeing some success on that front. We're also seeing some pushback from legislators who are trying to figure out how are they going to oppose, how are they going to oppose these proposals, how are they going to at least uh, dull the impact of them. I'm looking back at some of your past columns, and one of them was titled Anarchists and Communists. And that's almost what I feel like our our financial media coverage is these days of, you know, the labor issues tied towards livable wages for fast food. It's 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 very um polarizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's certainly a polarizing issue. But like I said, I think you know you, when you have Governor Cuomo coming out and and saying that he wants to um, set up a special wage board. This is something he said he, he couldn't he couldn't raise a wage before. 
um, because he needed the support from the legislature. Now he's going ahead unilaterally and doing this. And I think that, that speaks to, to them getting some traction, I think. Sounds good. I hope you'll update us in the near future with new columns. It's Cole Stangler with IB Times. You can find him online at ibtimes.com. Very smart, very insightful. Last name Stangler, S-T-A-N-G-L-E-R. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.